It's been so long since I set sail. Ten years stretched in the pale sunsets. I only met dark nights on the dark cloud cover. I pray that I make it back to you by the morning light. No other release but to the high seas. Taking hold of a very treasure dug deep. Secrets I keep in a night Spanish gold. I know the pressures of a wretch falling short in the waves roll. In the mist that kissed my eyes. In my faith that shook me paralyzed. Try to keep myself afloat The more water there was that came into my boat And as I saw my ship sinking I looked up, I knew I needed something amazing That's when I got low And then I looked up And when I looked up It's when I saw you Yes, Amazing Grace. That is Rhyme Surreal with Amazing Grace. I will play that song in its entirety at the end of the show. Hey, I'm back. Welcome if you're a new listener to the show. If you're an old listener, wherever you're at, welcome back. It is me. It's my first solo show in like eight months since the big confession, since the last bomb going off. Uh... I want to address uh, why I've been gone so long, what's been going on with me, and uh, I want to I want to just invite you back if you've been if you've been a long time listener. You're either in one of three places. I figure right now, if you're hearing my voice, you're a long time listener who's heard the show from from a while back. Uh, you're a new listener, and you've been listening to the old shows and kind of wondering what happened to this guy. Uh, or this is your first show because you subscribed to the feed and it automatically downloaded this show. Well, for all three of you, I want to put an announcement out there right now. Uh, all these shows are coming down. All of them are coming down. I'm going to start a whole new season and I'm going to take down what's old and start with what's new. Uh, why is that? You may be asking couple of reasons. Number one, I disagree with myself on a lot of stuff I said last year. Uh, a few things anyways, a, a few heart-level core things. Um... Another reason is that, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff I did from my tape recorder in my car, I might go back to a little bit of that. That was kind of intimate and cool, but at the same time, I added some music and stuff like that in there that I was not, like, copyright safe. So if you, yeah, if you downloaded those shows, I, I don't know how much of that's really legal. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to redo this with uh, all new bands, all good stuff, and, and stuff that's... Uh, pod safe not only that but uh you know theology and things like that that i talked about last year that that i'm i'm gonna try and get you to understand where i'm at now as opposed to where i was at when i was doing the show um basically asi started out as uh as an experiment to for me to to start talking about the victory that I had. Now, people think that I maybe misled people or I started the show going, you know, hey, I've got victory from porn. Well, that's true. I did have victory from porn. I had a year of victory from porn. Now, I've also learned that I'm probably more of an extreme case than a lot of you. And I hope that gives you hope because uh, 
I uh, I had some some addiction issues. I had some bad sex addiction issues, and I'm more of an extreme case. Like I'm not the guy likely to kick this thing, and I have. I am a year and six seven months free of all forms of sexual addiction, masturbation. I only use my wife as my sexual outlet for all that time, and now I'm 39. I will be in a in a week or so. June 11th is my birthday. And, uh, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm not the guy who you look at and go, that's a disciplined guy. He did that. No, I'm not. And, uh, so that's why I started this show. I did a year without using pornography and that was a big deal for me. That took some counseling. That took some discipline. That took some heart level making real life choices to follow Jesus Christ, to follow my God, to grab hold of my faith, and to, to grab the hold of the Bible and really talk to some people about the stuff in there that I disagreed with, that I didn't understand. I mean, I was like holding on to the Bible with both hands and just gripping it like, you know, like a life preserver. And I, and that's what I wanted to, to do. I, I just don't believe this stuff. I just don't understand this stuff. You know, I remember sitting in my Pastor Dan's office and tears come down my face going, Dan, I don't want to teach Christianity to my children because I just don't believe some of this stuff that much. I am so, you know, I'm so confused and, and I just felt so much shame over a lot of what's taught in the Bible that, you know, I don't even want to teach my kids this stuff. That's where I was at when I first walked into Pastor Dan's office, you know, and and I'll tell you that uh, it's not a big book of rules. And I talked about that a lot last year, but it really isn't. And I've had to go in and re-go in and re-go over the, you know, the scriptures and this uh, this holy literature that we have that we base our faith off as Christians. I know you're not all Christians listening to me, and uh, you know, welcome if you're not. I think it's great that you listen. I, I figure about 50% of the people that listen to this show going by email last year, the hundreds of emails I got last year, uh, were not Christians, and I and I like that. I think that's good. That's uh, you know, not not because I'm Mr. Zealot out here, but because there's a lot of truth in what I'm talking about. There is a, there is spiritual law to this stuff. It is not just a physical or a psychological problem. It is physical and psychological, but that's not the core of it. It is spiritual, and that is the missing component that a lot of the psychologists out there don't understand about sex addiction. That's why they think there is so least amount of hope in it. Like there's hardly any hope to get free of this because, you know, there's not. There is hope, all right? If I've done it, I believe you can do it. I really do. Because it, it, you know, it did it take blood, sweat, and tears? Absolutely. Was it one of the hardest things I've ever done? Absolutely. It is gut-wrenchingly tough, but it is easier and easier. It gets easier and easier as you keep up with the fight and as you cling on to a faith, a walk, if you will. So, uh, you know, stick with me if you're not a Christian. If you are, uh, welcome I'm going to hopefully jumpstart your faith a little bit because I think that another another percentage of the folks who listen to me were very hyper-religious type folks, people that went to church, uh, people that were in leadership positions in church would email me about theology and these kind of questions. Um, 
while they're dealing with their pornography issues. So I think that on the other side of the spectrum, there was hyper-religious people that were biblically illiterate, didn't understand what the Holy Scriptures meant, even though they were in leadership positions and they were, you know, worship leaders, stuff like that. There's people out there that don't understand that the Bible is written to the heart and not to the mind. They got over-intellectual and forgot their first love, as Jesus said in Revelations. Um, that is... I think that that is another group of folks totally lost that I'm trying to reach with this stuff because what you know nothing will jack up your life like a screwed up sexuality you know I don't understand people that go into recovery you know they go get their drug addiction problems under control but you know the sex thing is yeah that's not that big a deal no it's a bigger deal all right you know your wife finds a crack pipe it's going to be uh less of a betrayal than you you know her finding you in bed with another woman or finding you know your porn sites on the on the internet it's going to affect her heart much differently as a much different bigger betrayal so anyways uh where am i at now i uh i got the house back uh if you're new to the show my house burnt Back in July, last summer for me was a uh, a weird period, and I want to go into that a little bit. I quit uh, I, I quit the whole sex addiction thing. I, I stopped. I uh, started doing this show. I was free for about a month from masturbation. I had been with a prostitute two months before I started the show. Uh, but I had gone a year without using porn. Now, that was big for me. Why? Because it was right up next to my heart. It was something you could reach for easily, and that was very, very extremely tough for me. So I want to I wanna stress that so you know that, that I'm not, you know, when I said, hey, I got free from porn, uh, that was a big deal. Again, I want to reemphasize that. Um, now, I started doing the show, and and I did it for a while. I did it for months. People started listening. It started to gain in popularity. I was on Christian radio in Seattle, you know, in front of 100,000 listeners or whatever it was. Uh, I've been on that uh, Thor Tolo show three times here in Seattle, and uh, I started to be this guy, you know. I started to become this this guy who talked about uh, talked a different way about recovery, uh, you know, not just sex addiction recovery, but recovery in general. I I have a different view of that. I still do, even though I've tweaked that a little bit. But I still do. Um, but I became this this personality. And summertime came, and I heard a testimony about a woman who was sexually abused when she was a kid. Now I had been sexually abused when I was a kid, but I most of my life, I, I didn't talk about it. I finally started talking about it in counseling, but I always had this anti-victims deal going on. I always did. It was maybe a pride thing with me, you know? I just I just couldn't stand people that used something that happened to them when they were a kid to, to use that to hurt other people, or, you know, I was abused as a child, so, you know, that kind of thing. And so, for me, don't call me a victim. I'm not a victim, you know. That was just my attitude. You know, I'm just I'm just this guy. You know, I had this pride in my own brokenness. I'm writing a chapter about that in my book, Pride and Brokenness. Um and that was me. I wouldn't wouldn't talk about the whole, you know, me being a victim of sexual abuse, which I was. And I heard a woman's testimony while I'm in the car on a radio show. I forget what show it was. I forget the woman's name. Although I think I've heard her on the Blazing Grace show. 
um, not Shelley Lubin, but another lady. Anyway, she talked about the insidious way that sexual abuse, um, you know, if you're beat with a stick as a kid, you know that that's wrong, you know? You know that uh, that somebody beat you. You've got marks and bruises on your body to, to show it. When you're sexually abused, especially when the abuser, uh, you know, they talk you into it, uh, what's called grooming, they get you to believe that you signed up for it. So you walk around your whole life believing that you signed up for this as a kid, and and that can do horrible things to you psychologically and spiritually as well. It is a it is a mark, it is a scar, on on the spirit. And when she uh, did her testimony, I remember pulling over the side of the road and just sobbing. When I finally realized that all my life I've been walking around with this attitude that I signed up for this, <clears throat> basically. It sent shockwaves through me, and I I started to sink into this guy that I'd become. Now, I heard a guy named Timothy Keller, Dr. Timothy Keller in New York, talking about this uh, functional savior, um, that there was a, there was a uh, philosopher named Savon Kierkegaard, I believe was his name, who said that you know, anything, sin, the definition of sin is anything that you put above God that you put, that you hook your identity to. Like anything that besides the spiritual me, the me that's, that God made, anything that I hook my identity to besides what, who God is, what Jesus has done for me is sin. Martin Luther, uh, who's Martin Luther, who said, uh, the, the, if you can do the first commandment, the rest are easy, um, which is don't put any other gods before me. Basically, what I had done was I dropped pornography, and I picked this up. I picked up this new identity, and I remember saying that in the in the episode six, one of my most controversial episodes, um, that I had not turned to alcohol instead of you know my my sex addiction as a as another addiction and you know but I turned to this and it wasn't that I was spending a lot of time on it I was I got hundreds of emails like I said but more than I was emotionally invested so much in this after I'd heard that that I started to sink into myself um, the concept of sinking into myself is is you know I become this ministry guy well I'm doing this for God you know, I'm doing this for Jesus, and this is my reading the book, um, The Purpose Driven Life, just kind of fueled that. Um, and I want to I want to stress to you guys in ministry out there, if you're you're in ministry, um, ministry isn't God, all right? It's not. You put God first, your family second, you know, your job, your career, whatever that is, and then ministry. And what you know, if your job and career is kind of ministry, no matter what you do, it really is. But Putting God first is having a spiritual life. It's not service, all right? I remember uh, Matt Chandler is another guy. I'm starting to base a lot of my theology off of Matt Chandler and Mark Driscoll here in Seattle, Mars Hill Church. Uh, Matt Chandler said that, you know, your ministry, whatever you do, it's your gift. It's your gift that you give God. And God looks at that and goes, you know, that's cute. You know, thanks. I, I appreciate that's cute. But I want you. You know, th this ministry thing is like your little, it's like this little th thing, this little gift you give. 
you know, thank you, my bride, for the gift. Now I want you. That's what God is saying to us. I want you. I want your heart. I want your soul. I want you to follow me. I want you to thirst after me. I want you. You know, come on, guys. That's what God is saying to us. And I had to learn that the hard way. Um, I had learned when I started unpacking my uh, my sexual abuse that I had not been honest with my wife because mainly because my abuse my my first sexual abuse counselor told me not to and and I you know depending on where you're at you you can't stuff this stuff for too long I think you need to have some people around you before you confess it I think that's tremendously important but he told me that telling my wife was wrong he told me that telling my wife was you know, cruel to her, which is 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 preposterous. It's it's not. It's not being vulnerable. I was not vulnerable to my wife. I love my wife tremendously. Did I want to lose my wife? No, I didn't. I love her so much, and I and I started to try and escape from her through this ministry. Um. Now. What what went wrong with me? What got off the tracks with me? Why did I have this thing stuffed for so long when I knew it was wrong? I started doing the Bomb Squad episodes. I was really wanting to confess then. When I started, I did the Bomb Squad episode with James and Celia. You know, I started doing a series of shows, and God had it on my heart to confess then. I didn't. And then... um I heard this woman's testimony. I had Joe Dallas on my show. I did an interview with Joe Dallas, and he said something that rocked my soul as well. He said, getting over the addiction is the easy part. And I'm like, this is tremendously hard. Are you kidding? It took blood, sweat, and tears, and spitting chiclets as far as, you know, sports analogy there. But it, it, it was tough, extremely tough. And then he says, no, no, that's easier. you got to be you. You get rid of the addiction, and then you be you. Without it, that's the tough part. And that rocked me as well. So I want you to know where I'm coming from because, you know, coming back to this ministry is a whole nother level of recovery for me and my wife. My wife is is awesome. I love my wife. She has been going through hardcore recovery herself since I have had to tell her this. I remember sitting in Dan's office going, I could lose my marriage. And he's like, yeah, you you probably could. You know, that's what being vulnerable is. It means you're vulnerable. It means you're out there. It means you're going to say something that could could destroy everything. I mean, I made the choices to destroy everything before I confessed. But now I was kind of scamming her. I was ripping her off to a certain degree. Um. So I had to be totally vulnerable and tell her the truth. Now, she's had to go through this last eight months of roller coaster of up and down I mean it's not been easy for her she's been awesome she's been a, a an awesome example of grace and, and being like Jesus and a tremendous amount of, of grace and it, it's been tough for my wife to hear and to know and to, to just with my confession uh, it's been a wild ride, I'll just tell you. But I love her so much. And having her behind me as I do this show is 
is helping me also put limits and boundaries on myself that I don't sink into this this radio guy again, that I as a man don't sink into my occupation or whatever it is I do as my identity. My wife is my helper, my God-given helper, and she sees into my soul like no one else can, except for God. And I thank God for her, and this show is dedicated to her. This whole new season of shows will be dedicated to her and my family. And hopefully through some of my example, I can I can show you guys that. So I want you to know that uh, ASI is coming back. I'm going to do another conclusion show. But uh, it's all coming down. All last season's coming down. I wanted to thank... Uh, Rick Thiessen and Dan Hazen at Allen Creek Community Church in Marysville for, for helping me through last year and through a lot of this stuff. Um, I wanted to thank uh, Alec Warner, who's my counselor and my wife's counselor, who's been going through, uh, going through the battle with us as well. Mark Driscoll uh, in Seattle pastors a church called Mars Hill Church I have tremendous respect for him and the leadership down there Leaf Moy and, and, and these guys uh, building a church I don't know if you guys know this but Seattle is one of the least church cities in America like if you go to China there's about as many Christians in China as there is in Seattle and in China it's illegal to be a Christian alright so um, Mark Driscoll, Matt Chandler, uh, Tim Keller, these guys are, are part of what I call the relevant church who are doing a church, doing Christianity the way that Jesus uh, wanted it to be done. It's not a building. It's not an establishment. It's people's lives, people's hearts, and people's souls. And it goes deeper than behavior. It goes to the heart. And I wanted to I'm going to base next season on that. I'm going to base it on sexuality. If the church is so uh, is so right as an establishment, why is uh, 50%, 53% of men uh, looking at porn? Why is 47% of evangelical leadership uh, dealing with porn and sex issues? It has to do with the heart. It has to do with a heart-level problem that, uh, you know, that Jesus Christ can get in there and, and heal that. But I want to unpack that for you, and I want to tell you what that means. Matt Chandler in Dallas, Texas, talked about this concept, and it's going to be part of my mission statement, which is this. It's breaking down Christian ambiguity. I think the most dangerous thing is that you can go to a church and hear something, not understand it, not know what it means, and either shame yourself about it or walk around with a kind of a sense of, huh? You know, I don't really get that, but I'm going to cling to it. Well, you know, you need to unpack that and find out what it means for your heart and for your soul. Because if the stuff in your brain, you know, like if you know things that you ought to be doing or you should be doing or I should be doing this with my wife and my kids, but I don't, then then it hasn't reached your heart yet. It hasn't traveled that 18 distance. For us men, that's the, the toughest distance in life, I think, is to travel from our head to our heart. And that's what next season's going to be about. That's what last season was about. But I'm not. I'm not a superhero. You know? I'm not uh, Superman flying around with a cape on, Mr. You know, ASI on the front, and hey, da, 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 listen to me, you know? I'm not that guy either. I'm, uh, I'm just a guy who's been through this, this battle, this fight. 
one of the toughest things, the toughest thing I believe I've ever had to deal with in my life, the, the, the bad choices that I've made to not heal a long time ago. Hopefully, a lot of what I say, you'll understand it, and you'll start to deal with your porn issues now before it gets to the point where it is with me now. And if it is as bad as it is with me now, I want you to know that uh, that there's hope. There really is hope. Uh, I wanted to read you a passage from Joel 2, 24 and 25. Someday, you know, for you the threshing floor shall be full of grain. The vats will overfill with wine and oil. God says, I will restore the years that the swarms of locusts have eaten, the hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. My great army I've sent among you. Um, he can destroy, you know, he can repair what's been destroyed. He really can, and that takes faith, and it takes, it takes less white-knuckling it than, than you know. So, this has been ASI, episode 42, 43, sorry. Closing episode 43, uh, my email is russ at asi247.org. The website is asi247.org. Again, all the shows are coming down, so download them if you want to listen to them. If you don't, it's going to be a whole new season anyway. And I'm not going to really say too much that's new. Some of it's going to be changed up. Some of my hostility I have curbed because that was another functional savior for me as well was my hostile attitude and i've uh I'm learning to curb that when it needs to be curbed. I'm still hostile towards a couple of things that that probably should be hostile towards so next time gonna leave you with a song the song I started the show with. It's from Rhymes Surreal. That's Rhymes with a Z. Surreal.com. Rhymesurreal.com is the website. Amazing Grace hip hop version. Here we go. Yeah. It's been so long since I set sail Ten years stretched in the pale sunsets I only met dark nights on the dark cloud cover I pray that I make it back to you by the morning light No other release but to the high seas Taking hold of a buried treasure dug deep Secrets I keep hidden like Spanish gold I know the pressures of a wretch falling short In the waves roll In the mist it kissed my eyes In my faith it shook me paralyzed to keep myself afloat The more water there was that came into my boat And as I saw my ship sinking I looked up, I knew I needed something amazing That's when I got low And then I looked up And when I looked up That's when I saw you when I got low Then I looked up And when I looked up That's when I saw you
now.